Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a Pro Wrestling Podcast. That annoyed me how I said that, so I'm sure it annoyed all of you as well. That's how I like to start my podcast, especially if you're brand new and you're like, who is this asshole? You're not too far removed from the truth anyway. Uh, I realize it's Friday and I realize we're a couple of days late with this, but there is a reason and I'm going to get into that now. Hopefully you will have seen the new uh, the new channel art, new channel art's not channel, the new podcast art, because basically I'm shaking up the podcast a little bit. I had a look at what was working and what wasn't working. And I took your guys' feedback on board because that's what it's all about. Um, and yeah, I thought this was a perfect time to do it. It did mean just with the week as the way it was, I had to delay a few things. So we'll take this as, a, as an experimental week, but know this, going forward, it's still going to be Wednesday and Friday, but I've now kind of basically split up what we were doing, and I've shifted it around a bit. So on Wednesday, and this is the Wednesday's episode, right? I know it's Friday, or whenever you happen to be listening to it, but we'll call it Wednesday's episode. Uh, so today, the Wednesday, we will do what we always do, right? We'll go through any news we need to talk about, or what's been going down on Raw, SmackDown, uh, you know, pay-per-views, predictions like today, we're going to predict SummerSlam 2018, obviously. But I just felt like going through Raw and SmackDown every week, you don't need to go, you already know what's happening. Uh, I do ups and downs as well for what culture, which I implore you to go and watch so you can get all my opinions there. And I wanted these to feel a bit different and not like a repeat of things I'm doing elsewhere, basically. So yeah, so what, the, the, you know, these, the, the main episode, I'll call it, it's not the right, they're both main episodes, but just for lack of a better term, I'm going to whack the Q&A onto the end of this one as well, so that, you know, we can get a nice, long, chunky episode, and basically this is now your weekly dose of me talking into your face, or into your ears. That's what this is. And then the Friday episode, as you know, I'm a big fan. I really do enjoy getting Patreons on the show. I love talking to the wrestling community. I love getting new opinions, uh, casual, hardcore, whatever the type of fan you are. I want to talk to you about wrestling. Um, and it's kind of twofold. One, a lot of people said, Simon, look, we really would like more solo casts. I'm like, okay, cool. If that's what you want, you're my audience, right? There's no point in me making it if you're not getting the content that you want. So I thought, okay, I can do that. But I also know a lot of people do like those other ones, and I do too, so I thought I can make the Friday episode all about that. And the best thing about that is we can then talk about whatever we want. Like we've had a few people on recently that have had really interesting stories about wrestling, what they love, what they don't love, and there's unique takes. And I feel sometimes I had to end the conversation early because we had to talk about Raw, SmackDown, All In, Ring of Honor, New Japan, G1 Climax, whatever. So now the Friday episode will be dedicated to me just having a chat with someone that I'm meeting, or you know, people that have come back on through the wrestling community, and we can just talk about whatever makes sense. Like, I've already recorded this week's episode, because I'm just trying to play catch-up, and it's kind of more about... You know, the importance of WCW back in the day and, you know, how Ring of Honor and New Japan are trying to fill that void now. And I think it's a really interesting chat. That will go up over the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. But in the future, like I say, this will be Wednesday. That kind of episode will be Friday. And then hopefully we're balancing everything and everybody's happy. And that's what it's all about. And of course, if you do want to come on the podcast or you'd like to support the podcast, and right now it uh, means double that it used to because I can't do a lot of work because of my stupid arm. Uh, if you want an injury update as well, just to segue into it, I'm having physiotherapy till the end of August. And if I don't see any improvement there, I have to have surgery. So uh, please keep everything crossed that the physiotherapy works. Because also, because if I get down the surgery route, um, you know, there's a whole other bag of fish, not a term, I'm using it, but a whole other bag of fish to unravel in the sense that I've had to get a lot of what I've done at the moment done privately, uh, which I cannot afford just to reveal uh, something about my life. But the NHS has been so useless and my shoulder was deteriorating at such a rapid rate, I realized I had to do something. And apparently the NHS won't operate until next year. But look, that's neither here nor there. The point is I'm really hoping physio is going to work. Again, going back to it. So yes, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. What a tangent that was. There'll be links on uh, whatever you are, YouTube, iTunes, wherever you are. Uh, even if you could throw a dollar in the mix, it helps no end. Just allows me to spend more time doing this content and at the moment makes me sleep a bit easier at night. We don't need to talk about that though. Uh, but we do need to talk about, actually we need to do plugs. Twitter at Simon316, Instagram at Simon316, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules. All these go up there as load as load of just bizarre content, but I do, uh, check it out uh, if you'd like. 
Um, and you can see me playing Fortnite, actually, over on VG247. Search for their YouTube channel. And I host a music reaction channel called Rock Reacts. And my band's got a new song out. Look, we'll just throw it all in. You're like, what's he going on about? So that's MG and the Juggernaut. It's called Never in Secret. Uh, I'll end the podcast with it like I did last time and people moaned at me. But as I said, if Jericho can do it, I can do it. Maybe I'll start the podcast this week with it too. And you'll be like, what the hell is that? Right, let's talk about SummerSlam 2018. On a more broader thing, I thought Raw and SmackDown were decent. Um, you know, I think they, uh, I think they, they helped, you know, build my intrigue for SummerSlam, which was all they ever had to do. Uh, and in that sense, it means Daniel Bryan especially. I mean, I was excited about that anyways. I think we all were. But I think WWE with those promo bits did a really good job in making me not just excited for that match, but thinking, oh, maybe, just maybe, the, you know, if it all goes how we want it to go, it could be one of the best matches of the night. Uh, and we'll start there as well. Screw it. We'll, we'll just segue. We're so great right into it. I actually think the Miz is going to win. And I think the reason the Miz is going to win is because I don't believe this is a one and done program. Because I don't see how I don't see how you could. Like, if Daniel Bryan just wins, the Miz can bitch and moan and complain all he wants. But you can't have another match. Because Daniel Bryan did, you know, what he said he was going to set out to do. Whereas if the Miz, the Miz wins via cheating, because he's a heel, boo, we don't like him. That's just a great way for Daniel Bryan to get mad. The key is that Daniel Bryan cannot get mad. I uh, cannot get mad. Cannot lose through wrestling, right? Because the story here has been Daniel Bryan's the better wrestler. And while The Miz focuses on all his outside projects, Daniel Bryan is all about the wrestling. He doesn't care who he wrestles. doesn't care where he wrestles. He just wants to wrestle, which is why it's amazing that he's come back from his, uh, his injury. Um, but I don't, I don't see how you progress that program if Daniel Bryan wins. So I think it's quite a, a delicate balance. I think it's quite a delicate situation. But as long as the Miz cheats and wins that way and gets heat and everyone's mad and you know, then we get, I don't know what the next pay-per-view after SummerSlam is, but whatever it is, then you can have Daniel Bryan win the next two and then hopefully be moved into the main event scene um, and, and, and you can take it from there. I don't think that hurts the Miz by any stretch of the imagination. I think Miz has got to the point now where he can kind of do whatever he wants and that will be, yeah, that will be, that will be fine. But that, that's, what I, that's what I would like to see. And um, I, think, I guess I thought the vignettes and everything they did on SmackDown was really good. Really got me involved in what this is. And it also reminded me how good Talking Smack was. Let's face it, that promo and everything went down on that show was so good that we're still kind of, you know, riding the wave now. And if you haven't seen that promo properly, uh, I would go, you know, definitely it's all, it's all over YouTube as far as, as, far as I know. I would, I would definitely go and watch it. So yeah, we start there. I, mean, I think we'll start the show or anything like that. We'll do the pre-show matches in a sec. But I, I think the Miz should win. I don't mind if Daniel Bryan just wins. That's fine. I love Daniel Bryan. I won't have a problem with that at all. But um, yeah, I, I can see. I, I know that the Miz is very, you know, well regarded within WWE as well. So I can certainly, yeah, I, I can certainly see that being uh, that being the case. But we'll see. We'll see. I like it though. I think it's a really good SummerSlam match. So we'll do the pre-show matches quickly. I mean. Bo Dallas versus oh, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel to beat him against the Revival for the Tag Team Championships. I mean, the real story here is that Matt Hardy is going away for a while. His backbone has started to fuse into his pelvis. I'm guessing from all those big leg drops that he used to do. Sounds horrendously painful. So obviously, you know, I hope he gets back soon or he gets the help he needs or whatever. I've always liked Matt Hardy ever since. In the Hardy Boys, he was always the one that I leaned towards the most. Uh, you know, uh, the version one, awesome. I loved all the broken stuff when everyone else was saying it was shit. I love weird nonsense. I love dumb. I love dumb. I've always been a fan of dumb. So, yeah, it does seem like Bray Wyatt's now back out on his own. So that will be interesting because we know all the problems there. But also we need to see what will happen with B-Team and the Revival. They're going for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I can't see WWE changing the titles on a pre-show match. So I'm going to say the B-Team wins. And I think that's probably the right thing to do too because they've got all the momentum... It will run its course eventually, and I think then is when you can start deciding who gets it after that. But yes, I, I will go with the B team, the B team winning. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Straight up in your face. Uh, we've also got Rusev and Lana versus Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. Kind of annoys me a little bit because Rusev's gone from being technically in the main event, the SmackDown main event against uh, AJ Styles for the championship to, to this, which is... Well, I, look, I love Rusev, right? I, I think Rusev is the is the best thing. Yeah, just just the best thing that's happened in WWE TV in ages. And the fact that WWE don't see that, or at least are happy for him to be here, I'm all like, well, you know. So the fact that the pre-show as well gives an extra, uh, you know, down <laughs> for lack of a better term. Go watch what culture. Throw that in there, but. I think the other issue I have is that I think Rusev's going to lose or Rusev and Lana are going to lose because the word on the street is that Andrade is, you know, he's well-liked backstage and they can certainly see potential in him. 
So in that case, he wins here, right? And then he can move on to a different feud. Whereas you have the outside, uh, you know, unpredictable nature of Aiden English, who can probably come in and cost Rusev Day the match to some extent, and then you can transition into that feud as well. Again, not really something I want to see, Rusev versus Aiden English. I prefer them as a threesome, but I would go with Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega winning here. And it kind of sucks it's on the pre-show. Uh, last match on the pre-show is for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew, Gallop, Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander. 205 Live is a much better show now than it used to be. The problem being is that now it's not showcased on Raw, which is actually better for that brand. But it almost kind of exists in its bubble. You can ignore it entirely now. I imagine a lot of people have no clue what's going on on, on 205 Live. Nothing wrong with that. There's too much uh, you know, WWE programming as it is to, to try and keep up with everything. But it does... It does, to me anyway, and I watch 205 Live as much as I can. It's something difficult to fit it into a day. But it does mean, it kind of feels, I'm going to say it's like a nothing match. That's not fair. But I'm not as invested in it as I think I would have been if they were on either Raw or SmackDown. I think 205 Live was a mistake in hindsight. I don't like it when you have a certain division and we change the ropes. Or, you know, we underline this is not what you're used to seeing. Because I think it, it diminishes it. But it's so tucked away on the WWE network, and it's not getting the same kind of buzz as NXT does, that I don't really see who it's for or what the point of it is. And that's not me crapping on the product. It's really good. Even their general manner stuff is good. Like the stuff with Drake Maverick, he's a really good, you know, strong authority figure that doesn't feel like anybody else in terms of authority figures. And that's really important and really strong. So there's a lot to like about it. And most, I think all the talent on there is great. I can't think of one person I don't like. And I think this will be great. The problem with this match though, is because on the pre-show, because you've got people like Dolph Ziggler and um, Seth Rollins and who else? AJ Styles, Joe, you know, all those kind of guys that are probably going to be a little bit flippy. You worry, well, I worry a little bit that those two, Drew Gulak and, and Alexander are going to be told, look, you can't go too crazy because you'll spoil the show overall. We will see. Um, but I'll go Cedric Alexander retains. I don't see the point of Drew Gulak winning now. I don't think it brings any more eyes onto the show. And I imagine there's a better challenger down the road that actually could do that. It could trigger some kind of, uh, kind of spark. Right, let's move into the main show. There's so many matches on this show. I think it's going to go about seven hours, which is just, or six hours plus, which I still think is too long. Um, I know New Japan, well, actually the G1 Climax uh, episodes were shorter. I, three hours to me is still the perfect length for a pay-per-view. I understand that means less people get on the card. But that's just life, is it not? I don't know. That's a debate we can have another time. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. I said this on What Culture too. When you, my SummerSlam predictions are going to go up there, so well, you know, while it's you know the same idea, I, you know, please go watch that as well. But I think what this suffers from is the fact that Finn should be the demon, right? And then there'd be a reason for this feud to have gone on as long as it has. But as it stands. We're just seeing it again, even though we've seen it loads. So that I don't really understand. Uh, the, the demon is done, as far as I can see. WWE, obviously, or the main roster, don't see any worth in it, which is, which is strange. But I think Baron Corbin wins. And I know it's weird for a heel. This has to be the last match you'd imagine. I know it's weird for a heel to sort of get that. But I still think WWE see Baron Corbin as a, as a very promising project going forward, whereas Finn Balor they seem to have given up on. You know, I don't really know how they see him anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I don't even think there's going to be shenanigans here. I think it's going to be relatively clean. I think we'll see an end of days. One, two, three. And that's that. We all, we, we all go home. I mean, does it affect Finn Balor? Likely not. In the sense, you know, where is he now? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to say he can, he can fall any lower than he is now. That sounds really disparaging. I don't mean it like that. But he's just going to be in the same place. He doesn't really have a lot of momentum going for him. I certainly wouldn't mind if he won and they went for, to fight on for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that would be good. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't really, I just don't see the worth in this match. And I think it will go on first and I think it will be over before, you know, before, before all is said and done. But, hey, we will see. We will see. Um, let's go to the Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day for the Tag Team Championships. Again, if I was going to be critical here, I just think Harper and Rowan should have been on SmackDown more, and this would have felt like a bigger deal. I don't mind the champions not being on the show every week at all. I actually think it's a really good um, you know, tool to use. But, you know, we saw them on a squash match on SmackDown. That kind of worked. Like, oh, but that was more of a reminder, right? That felt like WWE trying to play catch-up. Whereas I would have preferred them to be on TV a little bit more, maybe interact with the New Day for a few weeks at least. 
Uh, I think it'd be a great match. The New Day have been on fire recently. I think they've really found, you know, after a bit of a lull, I think they've kind of started to go up the other way again now. I think they're really interesting. I think this match will be good. I personally wouldn't change the titles for everything I've just said. I don't think we've used the Bludgeon Brothers as, as, as well as we could have done. So there's no point taking the titles off them because that's only going to push them down more. Uh, and I think there's ways and means you can get around this. So I would have the Bludgeon Brothers win. Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. Because there's a lot of upside to giving it to the New Day. They're really popular. They sell merchandise. But by that token, you could also say maybe they don't, des they don't need the title. They certainly deserve them. But maybe they don't need the championships. So I'll say that Bludgeon Brothers retain. It's how, I don't know. I can't see us going through SummerSlam without some sort of Uso or the bar, uh, you know, them being on it. I think they have to be on it. They have to have, their, have a presence. So maybe they get involved and then we can transition into a four-way or whatever the next pay-per-view is. I don't know. But I can see that as a, a, as a getter. Apparently the next uh, thing is Hell in a Cell. I, I tell you what. I tell you what, I take Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day versus the Usos versus the Bar and Hell in a Cell. Never seen that before. Be awesome. Make that card really interesting. So there we go. Gonna say that's gonna happen now. Bludgeon's retain. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. You know, if Strowman loses, he loses the contract. So many times in the past, I've come up with the ideas where I think, oh, they could do this with Braun. It'd be really interesting. And WWE always sticks to you know what you'd expect. So I'm gonna say that there is no difference. <laughs> And that Braun Strowman wins easy. Not easy, but he just wins. So I'm going to just say that. My only worry is how Kevin Owens loses. Because I can see somewhere somebody coming up with the idea that Kevin Owens can lose really quickly. And that'd be really good for Braun Strowman, which is true. And we don't really care about Kevin Owens right now, so that's fine. I don't want that to happen because I think Kevin Owens has such an upside. And I want to make sure that he finds his place after this match. I'd have him win the money in the bank because I don't think Braun Strowman needs it and I believe Kevin Owens would be better with it in the sense that he, just the way his character is, arrogant and mouthy and cocky, I think that's what you want your money in the bank winner to be. I also think Braun can lose it under, you know, screwy means and then if Roman Reigns does win the championship at yeah, SummerSlam, which we'll get into, you can then go into the Roman Reigns, uh, um, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman feud. You can come up with something about how he's still getting a title shot. I don't know. Maybe he threatens to cut angle because he's such a tough guy. But then that works and Kevin Owens can go. To, I just think that balances the card more and it gives Roman Reigns a challenger coming out of SummerSlam that's not Bobby Lashley, which I don't want to see again because I've seen it too much. So that's what I'd like to happen. But I don't think that is going to happen. That's me more being a, a fantasy booker. So I'm just going to go. I, like I said, I'm going to stick with what I expect. And I imagine... Um, yeah, Braun Strowman wins. Keeps keeps the briefcase. Which is fine. I haven't got a problem with it. I just think there's more interesting things you can do if you switch it around. But I don't see Braun Strowman losing. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But uh, I'll be surprised. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship. I like this match because I like this pairing. It still feels fresh to me. The only thing that's been taken away now is after seeing Shelton Benjamin versus Jeff Hardy on SmackDown, I was like, oh yeah, Shelton Benjamin exists. Because much like the Bludgeons, he just disappeared from TV. And now I want a four-way. I want Shinsuke versus Jeff versus Orton versus um, Benjamin. Because I think that would be awesome. And I think it would really, really help this card, which is a bit single-person or, you know, one-on-one -on -one match heavy. I know we've got some tags and uh, we've got, you know, people in the corner for the IC match. But I think that would have helped. And it would have got two extra people on the card, which is no bad thing. Obviously, on SmackDown, Randy Orton was being really creepy and watching this match behind a curtain. I have no idea what that means. But I do think there's an easy get out to this because Randy Orton's going to interfere. He can hit Nakamura. He can hit Hardy. There'd be a DQ. Nakamura retains. I think the key with this match is that Shinsuke doesn't lose the belt because he should have won the WWE Championship a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and he didn't. Now he's got one. He needs to hold on to it just to cement in his character. Uh, I do think it'll be good, though. I know Jeff Hardy isn't the wrestler he once was, but he's still got something about him, and fans still love him, and Shinsuke Nakamura is brilliant. So I am looking forward to this match. It feels different. It feels fresh. Probably more so than many uh, other matches on this card. I know we've seen it before, but I don't think that dynamic has one thing. You don't just do it once and throw it out the window. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, even though the four-way, I think, would have, I would have been really excited about that. But I, I do think this will be good, and I do, I do want to see what they're going uh, to do with it. So that definitely gets uh, the thumbs up from me. And, yeah, I'm going to go with Nakamura wins. Because, yeah, for everything I've just said, he cannot lose that title at this stage. It would be ridiculous. It doesn't help anybody. And Jeff Hardy's Jeff Hardy. He doesn't need a championship. So, yeah, let Randy Orton interfere. Do all that. And then maybe you can transition to a triple threat or hopefully get Benjamin involved for the next pay-per-view. Uh, I'm overbooking that one like crazy now. But that's what I'll go with. That's what my heart and guts tells me. So that's what I'll, I'll persevere forward with. Then we move on to the women's matches. Uh, Carmella versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. To me, 
Charlotte has had, to, she, there's a, you know, there's got to be a reason she was added into this match, a storyline reason. They've, they've got to have done something. Otherwise, yeah, I don't, it seems strange to me. So I, someone's going heel. That's what my gut tells me. I mean, I really, really, really don't want Becky Lynch to go heel. I don't think anybody wants that. I don't, I don't think it's going to help anything. I think she's, you know, she's one of the few, she's one of the few baby faces in WWE that's easy to like and easy to root for. If I was WWE, I would make them, uh, I'd make her my champ, right? That's what I would do. Um, but then how you get out of that with Carmella and Charlotte, I don't know. So I don't really know what's going to happen here. I'm intrigued. But I think Becky, I want Becky Lynch to win, so I'm just going to go with my heart on this one and hope that it happens. If you could have a, I mean, the problem with turning Charlotte heel is how does that tie into Carmella, who's also a heel? I mean, you do need more heels on that side, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, it's a tough one. Uh, Charlotte's got to be there for a reason. That's all I know. And obviously, on SmackDown, they got put in a tag team match. They did very well together. Carmella tried to, tried to get between them. She failed. Uh, it was quite. I thought. I thought it was quite a good line when Charlotte insinuated she was a diva more than you know part of the women's women's revolution. But I know that. Uh, who was it? Ma- Maria Menounos. No, not Maria Menounos. That's the host. Maria Canellis took that as an insult because of everything that she had done during the divas division. I didn't see it. I, I kind of. I see where she's coming from, but I just thought it was quite a good jab given the the picture that WWE had painted. But I think it should be good. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Fair are really good. I mean, Kamala's, Kamala's more of a, of a character wrestler, obviously, but she's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I just hope Becky Lynch wins. I think it's her time. It's on a big stage. You can then transition into many matches depending on how the, the story does finish and the match finish. So we'll see. But I would put my money behind Carmella. Uh, what am I talking about? Because I'm reading my, my notes here. Uh, behind, behind Becky Lynch. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could tell the story that Becky Lynch loses again because of Charlotte, and that turns a heel. That wouldn't be so bad. I just don't know if I could root against Becky Lynch. She's too nice. Even her Instagram stories are funny. Like, it's just, she's a difficult one to try and hate, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins should be great. I mean, to me, Seth Rollins has to win the IC Championship back just because, you know, Dean Ambrose shouldn't be associated with loss at all. I know it's not directly, but when you've just come back, you want to be part of momentum on the winning side. So I would do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. If you are going to have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose as a tag team for a while, which I'm not against, especially because the deleter of worlds seem to have been, you know, that's over for them because of Matt Hardy's issues. You don't really want to have the IC title on them because that kind of diminishes it, but I don't mind so much. But also, if you are going to do that, you want Drew and Dolph to be a tag team as well. And what I'd prefer to see here is that Seth wins, uh, Drew McIntyre's getting involved, Dean Ambrose goes after him, and then you can do the breakup between Drew and Dolph because... You know, on SmackDown, uh, on Raw, obviously, was the build, big build-up to, um, to to Dean Ambrose coming back. But the only thing I kind of thought of through the whole segment is Drew McIntyre's a main eventer. He's ready to be a main eventer. I don't really see the point in holding off anymore. They need heels at the top of the card. So, yeah, I would I, I would pull the trigger on that. And I get you've got to do the Dolph Ziggler feud first. So I'd put the belt back on Seth Rollins. I think that helps with Dean Ambrose, too. For the love of everything, I hope they don't turn Dean Ambrose heel soon. Oh, not soon, but down the line, absolutely. But not now after he's just come back. It'd be too much like Rollins and his knee injury when he returned. I don't want to boo Dean Ambrose right now. I'm I'm just pleased to see him back. And he's cut his hair. He's cut his hair. Good for him. Good for him. He was, you know, he was receding a little bit, I guess. Not that I can talk. I've lost all my hair. So... Uh, but I'll go Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Rollins wins. Hopefully some shenanigans between Drew and Dolph so we can segue off into that feud. And then maybe you do have Seth and Dean go after the tag team championships. You need teams in that division. So we'll wait. Uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- the whole point on Raw was there was a storyline thing saying, you know, Seth Rollins is not here. Dolph Ziggler is getting mad. He went out to sign the contract. And of course, Seth was there, but he's waiting for Dean Ambrose. It probably would have been better if Dean Ambrose came back on SmackDown, uh, SummerSlam, but more people are going to see it on Raw anyway. It's going to get more people talking. I know the YouTube clip did well. And yeah, and even, even Ups and Downs did well, I think, because, uh, because people knew Dean Ambrose was back. So you should go watch it. Go watch Ups and Downs for this week. Uh, last three matches, AJ Styles versus Samojo for the WWE Championship. To me, it's a Shinsuke Nakamura situation. Samojo should win to back up his character, right? He's been an absolute prick for the last few weeks. Everything with uh, the, you know, the end uh, segment of SmackDown when, you know, uh, Styles says he's going to keep his call for his wife, Wendy, and he made her a promise to stay focused. And then Joe coming out and counteracting that by pretending he had a fan letter from Wendy who said, well, I hope you do beat AJ Styles for the championship because then you take what means most to him. And that was what AJ was to me. He was what most meant to me. And, you know, that's been taken away from me because AJ's love of wrestling. It was just great. It was a great way to set the feud. It makes me want to see this match desperately. As I've said a few times, just the fact we're getting this at SummerSlam for the world title. You know, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles after seeing it in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
uh, TNA 10 years ago, whenever it was. Imagine they could get Christopher Daniels in there as well. Ugh, brilliant. I just can't wait to see it. And I don't mind if AJ Styles win. He's a great babyface champion. You know, I love everything he does. He makes me pleased. He makes me happy. I would rather Samoa Joe won. I think it tells better for the stories. I also think it helps the AJ Styles character if he now chases the belt again. I just think I'll make him feel a bit fresher. And Samoa Joe is such a good heel. That dynamic will work perfectly. So I'm all on board with this. Again, could steal the show if they're given time. It'd be great to see a title change. Uh, and it actually ties into my next two points why I don't really know what's going to happen. Well, let's just talk about it all at once, right? So the other two matches are Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. If I'm going to sit here and tell you what I think is going to happen, which is literally what I'm doing, Samoa Joe wins, Ronda Rousey wins, and Roman Reigns wins. And it has happened, and it can happen. And if it does, it's probably a plan by WWE to use it to, to, you know, to build interest after the event. But I, I, it's difficult for me to see three major championships changing hands on one night, especially because I've given Becky Lynch the women's title uh, and I've given Seth Rollins the Intercontinental title. That's a lot of changes. So I, I've, I've gone wrong here. That's what my gut tells me, but I'm going to go with it anyway because that's what I think. Um, somebody else may have lost their title as well. I can't remember. I don't think so, actually. Uh, well, if Kevin Owens... Well, I don't think Kevin Owens is going to win. Broad Strowman will win. But... You know, Samoa Joe wins. Is Roman Reigns actually going to win? And if Roman Reigns doesn't win, what the hell are we doing? Because if Roman Reigns doesn't win, and I thought it was cool what they did on Raw, right? Paul Heyman came out and he was pretending like he wanted to side with Roman Reigns and he'd give him all the Brock Lesnar's secrets and he handed him a bit of paper that I presume said, you know, don't get German suplexed. But it was all a ruse and then he got pepper sprayed in the face. I liked it. It doesn't necessarily mean that Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar are back together. We've seen stuff like that a lot and it turns out just to be part of the story to trick us and whatever. That's fine. I got no problem with that. But I, I it's just difficult to see that many yeah, that that many title titles changing hands, especially when you get Ronda Rousey into the mix because the Ronda Rousey situation is twofold, right? Do you let her win at SummerSlam or do you let her win at Evolution? It depends on what you um, yeah, on what angle you want to go with, because you can advertise Evolution as, oh my gosh, the first pay-per-view with Ronda Rousey as champion, not the first, but you know, one of the first. Or you can advertise, is, is this the night when Ronda Rousey wins the championship? And I think it depends on what you think the best promotion can be. But out of all three of those matches, to me, it's more important that Roman Reigns wins the Universal title from Brock Lesnar than anything else. That is the key here. Because if you don't do that, and you have... Um, yeah, you have Roman Reigns saying that he's still a worthy contender. Well, it's just you're just not. It's just bollocks. There's no way. There's no way that's true, in any sense, in any sense of the imagination. So, you just can't do it. And if you are going to do it, Roman Reigns has got to go to the to the back of the line, and that would be ridiculous too, because you you've wanted to do this for ages. So at this stage, I think it's best you just pull the trigger and get it done. Then. Brock Lesnar go off and do his fight with Daniel Cormier. I think he'll eventually come back, but he will have worth to the company because then he's not tied down to that Universal Championship, which means he can just have cool feuds with Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, whoever, and you don't have to put them in that title mix. So that's what I would do, but that does mean that I'm changing three titles because I imagine that Ronda... I think Ronda Rousey should win in like five minutes. And people go, oh, you can't do that. That's terrible. But that's what she did in UFC all the time. So you can't go, that's unrealistic. No, it's not. That's how she made her name for herself in a huge sport. So, screw it. Let's just say they all win. Samoa Joe, Ronda Rousey, Roman Reigns. I think Samoa Joe win is good for SmackDown. Ronda Rousey is good for WWE's public image, which they do think is important. And she deserves it. I think she's really good. Uh, and Roman Reigns, to me, has to win because that story has been played out and done to death. And I'll be just... Yeah, unless Brock Lesnar plans to come back weekly, and why would he? The deal just doesn't have to. We need the Universal Championship back on Raw just for a bit of originality, a bit of novelty. Make that show feel fresh again. And build new feuds. Like, technically, this Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar thing has been going on all year. Longer, if you want to get into all the other mess. So it cannot happen anymore. Um, there was a rumor that apparently Roman Reigns was going to win quickly. I wouldn't do that. If you're going to have that booking, i do it in the Ronda Rousey match. I think it's more fun. But it is difficult because, you know, the fans in New York are probably going to turn on that. So maybe you do just want to get in and out as much as possible. But don't even worry about it, WWE. If you're that worried about it, don't put it on last. And you haven't got a problem. Let Roman Reigns be booed. Who cares? No one cares anymore. Yes, it's a situation we need to sort out, but it's not one right now that, yeah, you know, really, you just can't. You just have to go with it. You've made this decision cool. I'll support you in it. We can see where it goes, but you've got to do it now. You've got to do it now. Simple as that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's SummerSlam. I think I've hit all the stuff. I don't think I missed anything. That's pretty much... I think it looks good on paper. I'm quite excited about it. Too long. Obviously, I think we could, you know, we could cut cut these matches down a lot. But hey, you know, whatever. 
it's not for me to worry about. I, I you know, I, I like wrestling, so you know, more wrestling. Well, sometimes it is bad, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to worry about it in this sense. I think it'd be a good show, and most of all, I think we should just try and enjoy it anyway because why the hell not? It's much more fun when you just enjoy uh, when you just enjoy pro wrestling. And there's not really much new stuff that I feel like we have to touch upon apart from the Dave Meltzer stuff because I feel like if I didn't say anything, people would feel like I should have done. Uh, we mentioned Matt Hardy. And the other story is that Jason Jordan apparently is also suffering with his neck. I mean, all this is rumors and I'm substantiated. But he's apparently going to be shadowing uh, producers as well backstage like Matt Hardy just in case neither of them can come back to wrestling and they can transition into that role. Now, obviously, it would suck for both of them but, you know, at least for lack of a better time. Well, the silver lining is that Matt Hardy has had a Hall of Fame-worthy career, which Jason Jordan was just getting going. So that would be, um, that, that, that would suck. But I hope both of them are okay, obviously. Like, I never want to see anybody suffer any kind of ill health because I'm not a sociopath. Uh, Daniel Bryan also said it's very likely he will re-sign with WWE. I think that probably is going to happen. he make the most money. Given the situation outside of WWE, he can probably get this reduced schedule that he wants because he's an absolute asset to them. Uh, and also, it ties in a little bit, Aretha Franklin obviously passed away, and so did Jim Neidhart. I don't think we've done a, a podcast since Jim Neidhart passed away. It's weird. I deal with wrestling so much, I feel like we've already talked about it, but I don't, I don't think we have. I mean, the reason I mentioned Aretha Franklin is because obviously she performed at WrestleMania 3, and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, I mean, that would just sucked all around. He was only 63 years old. Uh, it sounds like he had a fall at his home, and that triggered some kind of seizure. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Uh, it's just it just sucks. It always sucks. Um, you know, I don't like to be too over the top about it because I never want it to seem like I'm taking the grief away from the people that hits most his friends and family but as a man that grew up watching Jim Neidhart like I said this on Twitter uh, first person I ever saw in wrestling was Bret Hart and then in the corner was Jim the Anvil Neidhart and you know it was Bret Hart that got me into it but I'm sure Jim the Anvil Neidhart played a huge role as well and that's why I'm sitting here right now doing what I'm doing and also we all remember it his laugh his beard you know his crazy promos all of that kind of stuff um, he was, you know, we, there's a reason we remember him. It doesn't happen for no reason, uh, and it sucks. Obviously, you know, thoughts and, and, and prayers to, to everybody involved. Uh, right, I'm not going to spend long talking about this, and then we're going to segue into the Q&A. But obviously, there was a situation sur surrounding Dave Meltzer this week where he made a very inappropriate comment about Peyton Royce. Now, the interesting thing here is I listen to Wrestling Observe. Uh, I read it, and I listen to it a lot. I love it. Um, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. And I remember when he said the comment in question, I did. I remember I was in my kitchen. I was making, I was making some chicken. And I remember thinking to myself, that is interesting. I don't necessarily think you should have said that, but, you know, I've heard Dave Meltzer talk for so long. I was just like, well, Dave has a very interesting way of looking at the world. But, yeah, not personally something I would have said. So the way I just, I, the way I like to sum these things up are it's better to educate than it is to tear down. And I think that will kind of be my, uh, my, my take on the situation. Uh, he, he should never have said it to begin with, but after the fact, he has you know, admitted that as best as I think he could, for lack of a better term. He's apologized. Uh, doesn't mean the story is over. Doesn't mean that we all just turn a blind eye to it. But I think now's the time we educate. We don't, I, I, I just, I'm never into this, oh, well, now we're just going to go yell at somebody for a while. I don't think that helps anything. It doesn't help the conversation. It shouldn't have happened to begin with. Uh, it's a comment that should never have been said. It is a detriment to not just the pro wrestling world, but the, the world as a whole. Nobody should be looking at things in that sense. But he did, you know, he did come out and apologize. And I don't, I think that's the time to be positive about these things, right? And go, okay, well, and here we are. How can we use this conversation to make sure it doesn't happen again and to educate people in a better way? You know, because we could yell at Dave Meltzer, whoever gets themselves into these things till the cows come home, but that doesn't help the issue. And I think it should be about the issue. That's just my point. I felt like I should say something because rightfully you'd be like, well, you talk about all the other stuff. Why wouldn't you talk about that? Um, but yeah, just to underline it, of course it was terrible. You, you don't say things like that. Um, there's already too much. I mean, I did. I do without wanting to plug my own stuff, but I do a weekly uh, YouTube vlog on my YouTube channel uh, called Miller's Musings, and there was a whole episode about body shaming and how ridiculous it is and how horrible it is and how it can affect everybody, no matter if you're fat, thin, muscly, not muscly. You know, I, I've been through stuff like that. That's what I talk about on the episode. So if you want to watch it, please do. You don't create that kind of mental anguish within somebody's brain. Uh, it's just not. It's not anybody. Nobody should do that. And I'll leave it, I'll leave it at that um, because I think everything else has already been said elsewhere. And I'm not really any authority on that situation anyway. Right. Let's move on. Let's, uh, let, brand new episode, right? And now we're going to do the Q&A. 
It's very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, as always, if you'd like to ask a question, head on over to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. You just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast on there. Community keeps growing every day. Makes me pleased. Always lovely chat going on there. I'm always keeping an eye on it. Um, so yeah, please do come join. Just give it a little like and you'll be accepted into the group and you can ask questions and interact with a damn good bunch of wrestling fans, if I do say so myself. James Bromfield, who has the best entrance music at the moment and who has the best of all time? For me, it's all about their impact on the music hits like Austin's Glass Breaking. Hope your recovery goes well, sir. Thank you, James. Uh, a bit all over the place at the moment. We're getting there, or at least we're trying to get there as we've already discussed. Best music of all time is a really tough one because it depends on the situation. I mean, yeah, Austin's would be there. Uh, the Undertaker's would be there. Bret Hart's would be there. Triple H's, you know, the game theme, brilliant. Um, this other one, I mean, Kane's theme was good because they really represent the characters they were, you know, they, they were made for. James Johnson's the man in case anybody's interested. No one comes close. At the moment is a harder question. I'm trying to think who, I mean, Jericho's has always been good because I think, again, it, it suits him well. I actually quite like Kevin Owens is as simple as it is. But I don't know, I just, again, it just works for him. Other, I mean, Baron Corbin's was very good as a song. It felt very 80s to me, which I liked. But maybe the problem is I can't think of anybody that just jumps out for me. Roman Reigns' is horrible. Braun Strowman's is nothing. Um, Daniel Bryan's works is silly. Samoa Joe's is good. I like Samoa Joe's, again, because it just it, it matches his personality. But there's none really that I find amazing, amazing. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to remember and be like, oh, no, wait. I am focusing on WWE here, but I can't really think of anybody's themes outside of it. I know New Japan has some good themes, but I can't link anybody up to anybody else. I'll leave it at that for now, but yeah, I mean, my favorites are all the, all the classics, because I'm that guy. Carl Foote, which tag team faction would you like to see implode and start a feud next? Not including Sasha and Bailey, that doesn't exist. I'd probably go for either, actually, they're not even on the damn SummerSlam card, I just realized, my word. I'd probably go for either British Strong Style to eventually view the UK Championship or the New Day for battle for number one contendership in WWE. That would be good. Uh, as long as they got back together. I don't think we should break up WW, uh, the New Day entirely. I, I don't think we need to do that. But it doesn't mean they couldn't have a feud. It just happens to be based in friendship. British Strong Style breaking up would be good. Because uh, they'd have amazing matches. I mean, do they count as a team? I mean, I want to see the Drew... Do I want to see Drew, Z uh, Drew Ziggler. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Because I think Drew McIntyre will win that. He'll look impressive. Because Dolph will make sure he does. And then he can progress. That's kind of the breakup that I want to see at the moment. Uh, whether or not... We're, I, I think we're going to get it soon. So, yes. And down the line, I do want to see Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins with the roles reversed. Seth is the face and, and Dean is the heel. I think that would work fantastically. It just can't work at the moment because of his injury. But, yeah, absolutely. They're the ones I'd go for. Miles Hammer. Sorry if this is a massive literal sore point right now, but what's your least favorite thing to do in the gym? <laughs> well, it's kind of wrestling related. Uh, least favorite thing to do in the gym. I hate lunges. I absolutely hate lunges. Walking lunges make me want to kill myself. I always do them, but, yeah, they suck. Uh, get well very soon. Thank you, Mars. I appreciate it. Garth Jackson, have you watched any Impact or Ring of Honor recently? And if so, what's your take on it? I'm trying to watch more Impact because everyone's saying good things. And I feel like given my job, I should be aware of it. So I catch it when I can. It is better. The storylines are really good. The talent roster is great. And you can just tell the booking is, is a lot smarter. There's, there's not that dumb stuff. There was a tag match in LAX recently, but it was excellent. So I am getting more into it. I just need to, to find more time. Ring of Honor is harder to watch. But I, I watch all the big, I watch all the big, you know, if I know there's a big match that I should watch, I make sure I sit. I think both are doing great. I think everybody outside of WWE is doing great. Impact, Run of Honor, New Japan, uh, Rev Pro. You know, there isn't really anyone that's not doing, you know, well at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, they're doing awesomely. And I would implore anyone who maybe switched off from TNA now that it is Impact to go check it out because they're doing a much better job. Matthew Coles, Dean Ambrose's new look, yay or nay? I'm one of these people that don't actually think it's that big of a change. He just cut his hair and because he had more time off, you know, he was able to keep himself a bit trimmer. That's all I got. I think he's fine. Stephen S. Armstrong, hope your shoulder is healing, big man. Thank you. I came back to watching after well over a decade away in January for the Royal Rumble, and I've somehow managed to fit Raw and SmackDown NXT into my life, but don't have a huge amount of time to go back through everything. What, in your opinion, are the five pay-per-views I need to watch from that time? Four. So you're a decade away. That means 2008. This is a question I really need to research. I mean, Money in the Bank 2011, absolutely. Uh, that kind of sums up everything... Or at least gives you a nice bubble of what happened with CM Punk. And I do think that's important if you're looking over the last 10 years. Uh, WrestleMania 31, I'd put in there. Just because I think it's a really good it's a really good card. And, you know, it exceeded expectations. And a lot of people thought it was going to be rubbish. It's probably the last good WrestleMania we've had. And that Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match with Seth Rollins coming out is just, is just fantastic. I mean, it's just really, really good. Outside of that, I start to struggle. 
because there's probably pay-per-views. You know what? Let's just I'm just gonna type it into Google to see if I agree. So if I just type in best pay-per-views of the last ten years, WWE. It's because that one's got to do a list, right? What the hell is that? That's just a random number in my thing. Blah, blah, blah. Right, so I mean, there's 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 a list here to get an idea. I mean, again, I would, I, I would, I always get these two confused, but I would watch both. I would watch both SummerSlam 2013 and 2014. 2013, I think, is when Daniel Bryan uh, gets screwed over by Randy Orton, but you also get the uh, the amazing um, Brock Lesnar CM Punk match, which is excellent. And then SummerSlam 2014 is when Brock Lesnar just beats that crap out of uh of John Cena and that was amazing even now when you go back that's just that that's just excellent so I would watch that so that's three I believe uh you should watch WrestleMania 30 to see the coronation of Daniel Bryan because that's special and you get the Undertaker retirement obviously uh retirement uh losing to Brock Lesnar which is important I don't know if I'm still within the 10 the 10 the 10 year thing here now my, my, my brain in that sense is not very good but we'll say it is um other than that, probably, was it WrestleMania 26 with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels? Is that Shawn Michaels' last match? I believe so. Yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I would say that. They would, they would be my choices, but they're very much off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll go with those. Uh, Jack Francis, hope your shoulder is healing up, Simon. I just want to say thank you to everyone that says that. I know you don't have to, and it does mean a lot. I just want to throw that in there. I, I really do appreciate it. Are you hoping, like me, that Alistair Black's return will be similar to Austin returning from his hit and run, destroying everyone in basically a massive whodunit? And if so, who's your guess for who did it? Spoiler, it wasn't Rikishi. Or maybe it was. Maybe Rikishi's coming back. <laughs> Alex White replied, it was Repo Man in my dreams. I hope they do do it like that. I think they've taken a very bad situation with Alistair Black getting into so close to takeover, and they've made it work massively. Like, the intrigue levels are through the roof. It'll probably help the Alistair Black character as well, even though he lost his championship, doesn't get his rematch. I hope they do do it like that, and I hope they reveal it to be somebody new or somebody that they really want to push up the card that maybe we're not familiar with. Because it's Rikishi. I didn't mind it being Rikishi in the sense it was good from an on-paper point of view. They wanted to get him up the card, and this was a great way to do it. Unfortunately, he did it for Duroc, and it just wasn't booked well at all. But I don't think it needs to be someone like EC3 or... Uh, the Velveteen Dream, they're already where they need to be. You know, They can get further and progress on their own, whereas somebody else will probably benefit from being in that storyline. Um, in terms of who I think did it, I really don't know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't call it. I mean, it may be Champa, right? And no one's going to be ma too mad about that because he's, he's the ultimate heel. And it would just help him loads. And it would tie into a few Dave eventually got to have, obviously, given everything that happened. Uh, takeover is going to be good, by the way. I should have predicted that. I'm not going to. We'll do a special about that next week, I think. Nick Palmer, if Roman wins, which would you prefer to see? Kevin Owens, Corbin, or McIntyre for his first title feud? I, I like my idea uh, of him, of Kevin Owens getting the briefcase and him going back to Braun. If we're not going to do that, uh, McIntyre would be great. I'd take Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. I think it'd be awesome. Not Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin, but he needs something and he needs to stop wrestling in his suit. But. Yeah, I mean, McIntyre would be my choice. William P. Capella III. I'm not sure how long Black is out, but when he returns, do you think he'll end up going to NXT UK to give them a boost? Or if Gargano Champa have moved to Raw SmackDown, will he go to the main roster to seek revenge? Or will WWE just forget about everything and he'll just return to NXT? I don't think he'll go to NXT UK. I think we should focus on the UK guys in that regard. Uh, it's going to be, you know, there's still a lot to do there anyway. I think the last thing you want to do, and there's no point having special appearances, but there's enough talent there. You want to get that, basically the challenge is getting those people across the American audience so they become stars, which they easily can do. So I wouldn't do that. I think I'll just go back to NXT to seek revenge. I, I think that's that's the main thing. Or I do like the idea if it is Champa and he's on the main roster and Black turns up. If they told that story right, it'd be great. But, uh, you know, history tells me they won't. So I wouldn't do that. Bradley Luke. Bradley Luke, who has the least effective looking finisher? John Cena. It's actually a really hard move to do, but yeah, it never looks like it impacts much. Uh, Leo Joseph O'Keefe, good name. Out of any in the world, what title do you dream of holding? Winged Eagle WWE World Championship, which I'm looking at right now. I have in my face, my face, my house, because I'm a massive nerd. Alex Pearson, I have to say, I liked your answer to my question last week, but I have to say the Miz is one of the best talkers in the WWE. I can't remember your question, Alex. I'm sorry, but I do appreciate you asking. On to my question this week. Who would you like to see win a title in the WWE and why? Rusev, either at Universal or WWE title, because to me, he's one of the most underrated people in the history of the company, and I mean that. Sammy Ellis, how would you want Dean Ambrose to turn heel and when? We should certainly attack Seth with a chair. 
Because Seth Rollins now is a big enough face where that makes sense. But, and also Ambrose would be a great heel. But we can't do it yet because you don't want to do it when he's come back from, from injury. Nobody wants that. Like, it's awesome to see him back. Don't ruin that. There's, there's six months worth of stuff you can do there. Um, but yeah, he should hit Seth Rollins with the chair, given everything happened to Shield, and that's just a money-made feud. I want to see it again. It's been long enough since they did it before. I think about four years now, and it was great, and they're awesome. So yes, I'd like to see it again. Morning, Simon. I've got a buttload, but we'll just start with a couple this week, if we're right. This is Jonathan Fagan. Man, you, I like this, John. You, you've thought about this. As we had all the greatest bookers in the world in our heads, any potential storylines that were gold to you that WWE could have done? Mine is when Axel McGillicutty, or whatever his name was, didn't get into the ring for the Rumble that Reigns won when Rock entered to help celebrate. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, sorry, so yeah, that one. So when Rock entered to help celebrate, Reigns is on the top rope celebrating. Rock bundles him over, grabs the mic, and declares himself the replacement entrant and winner, citing you don't try to show up, best of family. Could have you then could immediately created Reigns as a huge face, perhaps, and the last few years we wouldn't have had so much nonsense with Reigns. I mean, you could have done that, but the problem is the Rock would have to hang around. And he's never going to do that again. You'll get one-off sporadic appearances. And I think the idea was to try and help, you know, Roman become a face, and they fell. But it'd be fun, though. It'd be fun, then you get a good feud off the back of it. Secondly, with women being treated more as equal to men, as it should have always been, what's your thoughts on mixed-sex matches? Tough one is you don't want to perpetuate any negative stereotypes of men beating up women, uh, but surely they should be vying for the same belts. Tricky one, I know, but what are your thoughts? Um, Or put it like this. Lucha Underground does it, right? And that divides opinion a lot. Uh, for me, personally, um, I think it's up to the performers and it's up to the company. Who am I to sit here and say that we shouldn't do that? I think we, if somebody wants to do that and people are happy doing it, why not? Like, defiant wrestling, you know, does um, Kaylee uh, Lee Ray against against blokes all the time and they're really, really great matches. And so why I, I don't see why I'm allowed to sit here and go, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I really do think it's up to the people involved and it's up to the viewer watching. I can see why WWE doesn't want to have that on their programming because they think if somebody's flicking through the channels and you see a man sort of wailing on a woman, it doesn't look good. But it's up to the performers and it's up to the promotion. I don't think there's any right or wrong there and I'd be happy to accept both arguments. I'm sitting on the fence, basically. I'm being a politician, but that is genuinely how I feel. I don't think there is a wrong or right answer with that. I think it's a difficult situation. I know, I know girls that watch wrestling that don't like the man-on-woman stuff. It's not for them, but I'm sure there's other women that do. Clearly there is. So uh, I don't know. I mean, we've got the mixed tag team match at SummerSlam. They don't need to do that either. I know they won't get involved man-on-woman and stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's a debate. And if you are listening to this and you like that debate and you're on YouTube or whatever, yeah, start the conversation. I'd be intrigued. Uh, Matt DeLay. How many years until WWE has toppled as top brand in wrestling? Keep dreaming, Matt. <laughs> it's never. The answer is never. Thomas Speller. What is one area you feel Triple H was struggling when he takes over WWE? Probably just the magnitude of everything. I mean, you can tell he does loads now and he's, he's a credit to what he does do. But I'm sure once you step into the big shoes, A, you're stepping into some big shoes about someone that's done this for the last 40, 50 years or whatever it is. Not that long. But maybe it is. But then, you know, you have to do it. And I can imagine that's difficult. So, yes, I just think just the overall of being the guy. I think he can do it. I think he'll do a great job. But there's got to be a transitioning period, uh, which is kind of what he's getting ready for, ready for now. But, yeah, I imagine it will be hard. Christian Brown, Simon, you big, bald, beautiful bastard. That's very kind. Thank you. I'm in such a great muse. I'm in such a great mood that I have actual wrestling questions. Oh, that's good. Because right now I'm going to the garden. Are you going to see the... Uh, we didn't talk about that, did we? That Ring of Honor in New Japan have sold out Madison Square Garden, something that WWE hasn't done in ages. And WWE is so mad, they think the Wrestling Observer helps sell it out. That is huge, by the way, all of that, them doing it. That, that is a proper shot against WWE's bow. Not going to affect them financially or as a company, but still incredible. Still incredible. Uh, number one, how much longer do you think Lucha Underground can stay aloft? The in-ring work is still solid, but I think a lot of people are off interest because of Anto Antonio Cuerto. I don't know. I mean, their ratings haven't been, like a million or something like that? I don't even know. I, haven't, I don't really pay much attention to Lucha Underground. I love the first two seasons. But then it's like everything. The bubble burst a little bit and it kind of came back down to earth. Um, but it can keep ticking on, I'm sure. If they can keep their costs down, it's all about outgoings to income. You know, I think they'd have to... They didn't need to get a bigger audience, but I, I don't want to put a timeline on it. I don't want any company to go out of business. Uh, two, why, <laughs> slap you a bunch ahead of times, do people constantly give guys like John Cena and Roman Reigns shit about their moveset when you can easily point to other wrestlers who do the same moves in every match? Because I don't like them. It's that classic thing. You do what you want. You see what you want to see. If you like a wrestler, you're biased towards them. If you don't, oh, they do that and do that and somebody else will do it and you don't care. 
It's just classic, and I get it. It's just it's just personal preference. But like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, he had four moves or whatever, but he made them work. And if you don't like John Cena and Roman Reigns, it's that's an easy an easy punch. I like both guys. Just do. Do Triple H and The Rock know about your hatred and mad love for them respectively? And I don't think so, no. For the record, I do love both of them. Just as a kid, Triple H was my man and I didn't like The Rock. I don't know why. I did like The Rock, but then he went off to Hollywood and I was that guy. <laughs> now, I, they're, they're both inspirational, uh, incredible human beings. Ashley Robinson-Voss, does KO take the briefcase? Well, we've touched on that. So I'll, 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 I'll breeze past it. But yes, I, I stand by everything I said. Paul Hurl. Hey, Simon. Really enjoying Rock Reacts at the moment. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. But anyway, if you've got the chance to take any three, fi- if you've got the chance to take any three finishes from any three wrestlers, what would they be? Well, let's be fun with this one. I'll take the Stone Cold Stunner. Best finishing move ever. Hit out of nowhere. I'll take the Rikishi Driver, which was so good it got banned. And now we brought Rikishi up twice on this podcast. And I'll take the Curb Stomp. So I think it looks cool. So yeah, nice and easy. Aiden O'Connell, Rosenberg versus Roberts. Your preference, Simon. Final total was 48 to 8 Sam. Interesting, he's renaming his show Not Sam Shoe. Um, I don't know what that means. I know you're talking about, um, I can't remember, Pete Rosenberg, right? Is that his name? Pete? I can't remember his first name. But Sam Roberts wrote, there was a big thing about their, their podcast. Look, I run my own podcast. I'm not going to sit here and start shitting on other people's podcasts. You like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. I'm sure a lot of people hate me too. So again, I'm being diplomatic about it. But hey. Ben Hersick, who will be the next wrestler in any promotion to win their first world championship? Johnny Gargano's never won a world championship, right? I think. I'm, maybe he has outside of... I don't know if you mean in the promotion they're in now. I'll say Johnny Gargano, if you mean within the promotion they're in now. NXT, I don't think he's won a world... No, he hasn't. Of course he hasn't. But he may have been a world champ outside. I'm going Johnny Gargano anyway. My answer is Johnny Gargano. <laughs> James Hunt, if you could bring one championship out of retirement, which would it be? Well, I mean, in terms of design, again, winged eagle. But if I could bring one, a European title I always thought was quite good. Although they've got the US title now on, on Raw, so we're on SmackDown, so we don't need that. It'd be too much. I'd overkill with belts. I think I would bring one back. I, I think the belts that we have at the moment don't mean enough. So the last thing you want to do is pepper them with anything else. So my answer is none. What <laughs> negative answer? None. Uh, Lindsay Clark, I'm really sad about Matt Hardy. Do you have a favorite Hardy moment? And what would you do with Bray uh, Wyatt? Do you, um, what, sorry, what would you do next with Bray? What do you think WWE actually will do with him? Uh, it is sad about Matt Hardy. Like I said earlier, I was I loved Matt Hardy for ever since he pretty much you know was the version one guy. I thought that gimmick was so clever and, and so good at the time. Um, my favorite Hardy moment is probably all the broken stuff. I mean, there's so many matches I could name. The ladder matches TLC stuff was awesome. But I really liked that broken stuff because it was so stupid. And I really respected Matt for understanding social media and YouTube especially and how to get the most out of that. I mean, that's what I do. But it is sad, and I hope he's okay. Same for Jason Jordan. Bray Wyatt's an anomaly. I mean, what do you do with him? He was teasing on Twitter that he may be changing his entrance music, which I've always, I've said that for ages. I can get a podcast from a year ago where I said that. That's the first step. Change the presentation. So hopefully we just have a big reset with him. I know he's a great character, but it doesn't matter. The character is dead. It can still be Bray Wyatt, but hopefully they come up with some new stuff. Um, I honestly don't know what they'll do, though. They didn't know what to do with him before. They you know, dressed him up in drag, which was a terrible idea. Um... Uh, well, at least the way they did it anyway. I'm not saying you couldn't do that. You probably could do that well, but they, they did not. Uh, Lindsay also says, as a female fan, I'm kind of proud of the women's evolution, although I feel it still has a long way to go and makes tons of mistakes. Renee Young was great on Monday. I think WWE could benefit from more female writers to get rid of the constant best friends body shaming angles. What do you think? I would love what culture to get a female perspective on their videos. Is it something they're thinking of doing? I'm not after a job. Happy being a viewer. Lol. Um... I I think you're right. I think that, I mean, I don't know what the lay of the land behind the scenes in WWE is, but a women's evolution should be something that filters through the whole company, right? And I think you, you've hit it on the nail on the head. A lot of the stories are best friends, body shaming angles, and I think we've seen enough of them, especially with recent stuff that we've been talking about. I don't think we need to see them anymore. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I agree with you. And, you know, my, my thing has always been with the women is that sometimes it's still treated like now it's the women's segment. I don't need that. That puts me off with anything. With the cruiserweights. Just have it as a segment. They're all talented. You don't need to, to marginalize themselves like that. In terms of what culture, I can't comment on that either because um, I, I, I do work for what culture and I love working for what culture and I will work for what culture for as long as I can. But I, you know, I am also a freelancer. So I, I work the, down in London or just outside of London. Those guys are up in Newcastle. I go up and see them as much as I can. But I don't know what the lay of the land is there in that sense either. 
Um, so I can't comment, which sucks. Terrible answer, but it's true. I wouldn't want to speak on behalf uh, behalf of them when I don't really have the uh, uh, the, the privileges to, really. Um, but I, look, I, I think a diverse and varied perspective in all walks of life, especially in 2018, is not just important, it's imperative. So that would be my, my take on that. Chris Davey, who do you like watching? Who do you like to watch wrestling with? Anyone really? Anybody that wants to watch it with me? I watch a lot of it by myself, obviously, because it's my you know part of my job, and there's a lot to watch. But anybody, friends, family, strangers, it's just good. Uh, Adam Pearson, my man. Now that Ring of Honor and New Japan have officially sold out Madison Square Garden, and considering Vince can't seem to stop it happening, how should WWE respond? They could simply let it go and try and put on a superior product. They could poach all the potential talent from the indies. They could even run a charity XFL game the same evening. What do you think, Sir Miller, and what would Millbob do? Millbob would take a bunch of, well, he didn't need drugs, but Millbob would just run around muck. If you don't know what Millbob is, youtube.com forces us the Miller Report rules. Um, I mean, I think the best thing WWE can do is what they did during the WCW war, right? Focus on you. Make your product as good as it can be. Don't worry about anybody else. Because really, financially and from a, a, a legacy point of view, you don't have to. I think they'll try and buy up as much talent as possible. You know, that is the best way to kill competition, right? Make sure there is no competition. But I don't necessarily think that's the best idea. But I think that is what they'll do. I would much rather they just put on a superior product. And then if you do that, everybody else will, will react in kind as well. So, yeah, that, 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 that is what I, would, uh, that's what, that's what I would hope for. Thomas Speller, who faces Samoa Joe after SummerSlam if he wins or loses to AJ Styles? AJ Styles, you've got at least three months out of that. Then I'm hoping Daniel Bryan takes that spot once his program with The Miz is also done, hence why I want The Miz to win at SummerSlam. Uh, and also, which feud needs the IC title more? Seth versus Dean after a heel turn from Dean or Drew versus Dolph after a face turn from Drew? <sighs> I'm happy with either. I mean, at push, Seth versus Dean, I think that would make that quite fun. And also it means that Drew can go on to the world championship uh, scene, which I think is more important for him. But either would be good. Nick Ams, the Superman punch, why is it even a finisher? When will Roman Reigns, a pretty strong athlete, switch to something more fitting? His in-ring ability seems to show that he can perform a better finisher. Kids love it. That's the thing. Kids, kids absolutely love it. Uh, I've seen kids do the weird, I can't, I can't say this without sounding awful, but cock wrist thing. You know, when you cock your wrist, that's not the way to put it. Reload your wrist would have been better. And I think that's why they do it. They see people at house shows and whatnot, and they think, well, they can't take it away. And also, you know what? I'm not saying I'm an experienced wrestler, but from a very, very green novice uh, wrestler point of view, it doesn't put any impact on his body, and he can keep doing it forever. And I think that's probably more important. Kevin Shirley, are there any current wrestlers who you think could make the successful transition to Hollywood? Any women wrestlers since we haven't really seen any of them make the successful jump? I'd always put Becky Lynch over in that sense. She's so likable. That's half the challenge with all those kind of things. Otherwise, I think Kevin Owens would probably be quite good. Sami Zayn. Um, Dean Ambrose could probably pair a role. I remember Dean Ambrose in that WWE 2K commercial with the Terminator, uh, whichever one that was. He was really good in that. He just came across, he just came across well. And I thought, oh, he could, he could probably do that. Uh, and Braun Strowman would have a role. I don't, you know, he'd be a very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, stereotype role, but I think he could do it. Absolutely. Travis Gilmartin. As someone who started later in life training, what are some tips you could give for people 27 plus who want to start their wrestling journey? Do your cardio, hit the weights, do yoga or some form of exercise to keep your muscles and bones and all that as supple and light as possible and believe in yourself. Age is a number. There is no one route to do this kind of stuff. If you want to do it and you have the passion, make sure you do it. And also accept that if you do do it and it's not for you, that you're happy to walk away. It's the advice I always give, but I think it's the best advice I could give uh, at this juncture. If you want to do it, do it, but make sure you take care of yourself. That's it. That's all you've got to do. Maybe you'd have to work a little harder than everybody else because you're a bit older, but 27 plus, you're laughing. I'd love to be 27 plus. <laughs> Chris Chester, what do you feel is the best plan for WWE now Mania 35 with Dean Ambrose? Who do you see him teaming up with, feuding with, eventually tearing up Mania with? Also face or heel? Six months with Seth Rollins as a tag team or some kind of thing there. And then maybe, well, maybe less than six months. But as we build into WrestleMania, I would like Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is the heel. By then, the novelty of his return will come back. He's got perfect reason to turning heel because the shield. That's what I would do. I think it would just work. Mike Spiedel, do you feel there is still a prejudiced undertone with the WWE? Example, even foreign heels, bullshit stories with no consequence for minorities and the way they still treat women. Um... I mean, I don't want to call... I, yes, I, I, it's, it's difficult to, to to say that there's not, 
But again, trying to be the positive chap that I am, I hope it's a situation that's being addressed and slowly and slowly improving, or at least I hope so. But I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try and argue against you, Mike, because that would be ridiculous. It's clearly, you know, the evidence is there to see. Uh, again, especially given, you know, what's happened this week. So I, I, I think yes, but I hope they're trying to do better and I hope eventually it's just not a problem at all. Because again, we don't need anything like that. It doesn't help anybody. And again, tying into my whole mental health stuff makes that a thousand times worse too. We should all just, we're all humans. We're all humans. We're all the same. There's no, you know, there's no hierarchy here. We should just love each other. Hippy trippy, man, but it's true. Richard Ingman, do you think we could see a women's title unification match at the Evolution pay-per-view in October? Surely the roster and each show are too small to have two women's tag teams, so why wouldn't they just have one champion? No. Especially with all the TV deals next week, you are definitely getting two women's champions, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. If anything, by Evolution, will have tag team titles for the women as well, which I'm fine with. Be right, just need a bigger roster. But no, it's going up. It's certainly not going down. And why not? Do it for the men, do it for the women. It should be the same. Unless you're going to let them go after the same belts, which you don't. So you've got to have more. Lewis Matson, picture the scene. Kevin Owen beats Strowman for the second time. Cash is in money in the bank. Brock is gone. Roman is more hated than ever. Lashley is stuck in mid-card head along with Seth, Dean, Drew, and Ziggler. What does Vince do with the universal title? We'll give it to Roman. <laughs> when in doubt, give it to Roman. He's more hated than ever. Vince doesn't hear that. New champ. Kelly Duggan. After Raw this week, I was wondering... Uh, when Paul Heyman mentioned it's a new day and also the Usos being the future, was that a hint to Heyman crossing over to SmackDown? Who do you think is most likely to get the pairing with Heyman? No, I don't think they put him on SmackDown. Uh, I think he's more worth on Raw. And also the Usos and the New Day do not need Paul Heyman at all. You know, they can talk and they're over, basically. Paul Heyman's there to get people over. I think if you're not going to pair him with Roman Reigns, which I don't especially want, let him just go away and let him come back with, with Brock Lesnar as, as and when they come back. I, I, I don't think that's a problem. I still think Heyman has loads to offer. Probably one of the smartest, the smartest guy uh, guy in the business. So, yeah, I, I would either put him with Roman as a storyline thing for, for SummerSlam. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I would uh, I, I just let him go away. And then when Brock Lesnar does come back, they'll feel fresh again. But who knows? Who knows? And that's it. That's all the questions. And that is the end of this brand new kind of version of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I want to thank everyone for listening, downloading us. Uh, I should give a shout out, actually, um, to, uh, to my man that, that, that made the artwork. I did, I did put a, a shout out on Twitter for this. And I got, lo- got loads of amazing responses. And I want to thank everybody. Um, this is just the one that I went with. So Adam Winstone, thank you very much for designing uh, the, the new logo for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I do like it. And again, like I say, there will be an episode going up Saturday or Sunday, but usually that will be the Friday episode, and today's Friday. This is the Wednesday episode. And please do let me know what you think about this. I know people kept asking for more Solo Miller, so now I've done it, so a way that we get everything and hopefully do the things that I want to do as well and everybody's happy. But let me know. It's all about your feedback. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316 if you want to come on the podcast or you just want to support all of this. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash the middle report for all my bizarre weird videos and that's also supported by the patron that's kind of all ties in together if you're on itunes give us five stars go share us on reddit or facebook twitter whatever i'd love to start uh, getting even more people listening we've got an amazing community already but you know the more the merrier as far as i'm concerned uh yeah my band's got a new track which is probably playing quietly as i say these words now and we'll play out with uh, mg and the juggernaut never in secret Go follow Rock Reacts. Go go subscribe to What Culture. Do all of that stuff. Either way, look, thank you very much for listening to me. My name has been Simon Miller. This has been Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. And I'm going to chat to you in a couple of days. Peace out.